0: If you guys want, you can turn to uh, 1 Samuel 14. That's uh, kind of the main passage that I'm going to be kind of working out of this morning. So uh, I think it was uh, last summer. I was, I was kind of doing some reading, and I was reading this chapter. And I've read this chapter many times before. And, and when I was reading it this time, it just kind of all of a sudden exploded in my mind. And, ju- and God just kind of like pulled out something that I'd never seen in this before. And it was the idea of Testimony. And it just kind of like blew open in my mind the power and the purpose that testimony has. Um, So as Pastor Winona was saying, you know, we've been talking about putting up a testimony wall for for almost a year and a half now. And over Christmas break, uh, we came in and we were able to to put it up and we got it all ready to go. And today we're kind of going to launch it and dedicate it. And this is something that the pastoral team has really had a passion for. Because they've seen and they know the importance and the value of a testimony. They know the power of what a testimony can have in your life. And, you know, we all have a testimony to give. And growing up, I used to think that my testimony was specifically how I got saved, right? Like, your testimony is your salvation story. Your testimony is from, your, from when you're born till the moment you get saved, and that's your testimony. That, that's it. And it was kind of like, you know, what has God pulled you out of? What has God saved you from? You know, the, 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 the addictions, the, the drugs, the alcoholism, whatever he's pulled you out of, you know, that's, that's your testimony. And it was, you know, the, the better things you got called out of, the better testimony you had, right? And it was like, you know, it's like, wow, that person got called out of all these crazy things, and now they serve God. That's amazing, right? And and as a young kid, I I placed value on the person there. And I said, look at the person. Look at what they became. And I placed the wrong value on what a testimony was. Because a testimony actually points you to God. It reveals who God is. So testimony is not about the person. The testimony is about God. So growing up, I, you know, I didn't come through any of that. Like, I, I had a pretty awesome life. Pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, the pa- Pastor David and are like, hallelujah, amen, good word. Um, I, I, had a, I had an amazing childhood. You know, I grew up in the church. I, I don't actually know the moment I became a Christian. There's some people who are like, oh, you know, it happened on January 1st, 1974. I was in my living room, and, and all of a sudden I heard God call my name. And that's the moment I, I realized I was going to be a Christian. And, you know, I, I got saved. I don't really have that. I kind of was just... I've been in the church, and I was just like, yeah, this is what I believe. This is what I know. And kind of the earliest recollection I could ever have of saying, yes, I believe, was uh, we were in our old church in Salton Road, and we were doing a communion. And I saw, and I was like, hold up a second. We can have crackers and grape juice in church? I was like, this is amazing. Like, how have I never had this before? So I looked at my mom and I said, hey, like, can I have some? And she goes, she's like, okay, well, like, you know, this is actually a very important thing that we're doing, right? Like, and she explained to me the importance of communion. And she's like, you know, this isn't just having crackers and juice. This is actually an important thing. And this is us remembering and thanking Jesus for what he did for us, for his dying on the cross for us, for him making a way for us to have eternal life. And, and she explained that to me. I was like, great, I believe it. Hallelujah, amen. I was like, can I have some crackers? And she's like, all right, you can have some. And, and that's kind of the earliest memory I ever have. So when I was younger and kind of growing up, I used to always think that my testimony was kind of lesser and worthless, because I didn't go through these amazing things, right? Like, I was like, who's going to be impacted by my testimony, right? Like, I don't even know what my testimony was. But that's not what my testimony is. And we all have a testimony, and we all have a testimony to share, because when we share our testimony to people, what it is, it's what God has called us through, what God has brought us out of and it's what god is continually doing in us so your testimony doesn't end the moment you get saved your testimony is your entire life your whole life is a testimony of god and his goodness and his faithfulness so if you look at first samuel 14 this uh this chapter right now uh, i'll give you a little backstory on it is israel is at war right now with the philistines so they've set up camp against each other on the other side of a valley i think I believe it was, it was there was a valley in between them, and that was where they're going to have the battle. So right now, they're, they're not at battle, but they're preparing, so they're kind of in their own camps. So Jonathan and his armor bearer, Jonathan decides he doesn't want to sit around anymore, and he's like, you know what? Let's go, let's go walk around a bit. Let's go, you know, I hear there's an enemy camp over on this ridge. Let's go scout it out, see what it looks like. And, you know, while we're scouting it out, if they happen to call us up and say, hey, you two, come up here, that means that God has delivered them into our hands, and we're going to have victory over them, and we're going to fight them. But... If, God, if they say, wait where you are, don't move, that means that they haven't been delivered into our hands, we're not gonna fight, okay? The armor is like, you got it, I'll follow your lead. So they go out, and sure enough, they, they see the Philistines, and there was about 20 men, it says. And they get there, and the, the Philistines see them, and the Philistines look, and they say, hey, you two, come here, why don't you come up here? And Jonathan's like, all right. That was, that's the signal that God has delivered them into our hands, So Jonathan and his armor bearer go up and they defeat all 20 Philistines. And the passage that really stuck out to me here was verse 14 and 15, and this is from the message translation. So Jonathan goes up and they defeat all 20 men. And it says, in this first bloody encounter, Jonathan and his armor bearer killed about 20 men. That set off a terrific upheaval in both camp and field. The soldiers in the garrison and the raiding squad badly shaken up, the ground itself shuddering. Panic like you've never seen before and when I read that it was like wow That's kind of amazing what happened from one person or well, two people going up and, and fighting From one small encounter like in the grand scheme of a battle two people fighting 20 men. That's not a lot You know armies were usually hundreds of men so only a small portion of the army had died But that set up a catastrophic failure in the Philistines army and there was mass panic and it says that they were actually so confused and so scared of what was going on that they were just swinging their swords wildly and they were actually hitting each other and killing their own men. And from this upheaval and from this chaos, the people in the camp of Israel actually saw what was happening and they said, hey, what's going on in the camp of Philistine over there? Like, why are they fighting? What, what is all this noise? And they, they kind of did a headcount, and they realized that Jonathan was missing. And they realized Jonathan had gone and he started the attack. He went out before everybody else and had attacked them. And they looked and they saw that victory was happening there. And they said, we want to take part in that. So they went and they joined Jonathan in the victory that Jonathan was having over the Philistines. From that first initial encounter, the entire camp of Israel saw that victory was a possibility over the Philistines. And they joined them. There's also another group of Israelites in this story. And these were ones who had actually given up living in israel they no longer wanted to live under saul and jonathan and they actually decided that they were going to go live in the camp of the philistines because they thought it was better over there than in israel so they had forsaken living under god and under jonathan and saul and they would went to live there and well it says that while this chaos was happening those people they saw what was going on and their hearts were so moved that they actually turned back to Israel. And they said, it's better to live with Saul and Jonathan. Let's go join them and fight against the Philistines. Let's get reunited with our brothers and our family and battle together against the enemy. So they joined in the victory that Jonathan was bringing. And there was a third group of uh, Israelites in this story as well. And these were actually Israelites who had not only left living with the rest of the Israelites, but they were so afraid of the Philistines and they didn't want to live with the Philistines that they actually left to go live in the mountains and the hills and the caves. They were so afraid they actually went to hide because they saw no way for victory to happen. They weren't brave enough to join the army because they didn't think victory was possible. The only outcome they saw of going to war with the Philistines was death. So they said, you know what? What's the point of that? We might as well go live in the hills. So they're living up there. They see the commotion and the upheaval that is happening. And they look out and they say, wow, victory is possible. There is another way. We don't have to live in the mountains anymore. We can have victory over our enemy. So they come out of the mountains and they join Jonathan and the army and they have victory over Phil sign that day. So when I was reading this passage, what really stuck out to me was there was three different groups of people they were impacted by one single event and one testimony of what Jonathan did. They saw the outcome of what Jonathan did and they were moved to actually take action. So you had the people who were standing there beside Jonathan, who Jonathan had got out before and they said, wow, victory can happen. Let's go take part in that. If God can do it with Jonathan, God can do it with us. Then you had the people who said, you know what? I don't want to live in Israel anymore. It's just not fun. I want to go live with the Philistines. It's better over there. It's funner. I like it that way. When they saw what was happening, they were like, wow. They were so moved that they said, no, it's better to go live there, live with God, live in Israel, than it is with the Philistines. And they rejoined their brothers. The third group were the people who were so terrified, and they said, there's no way out from our current situation. This is our life now. We might as well get used to it. We're going to make the best of it. We're just going to go live in the hills because there's no victory to be had. They saw the victory and they said, wow, if it can happen for them, we can take part in that and we can also get victory. We can get freedom from the Philistines. So from the single event that Jonathan did, victory was, hap- uh, was given to three different groups of people. Reunification and restoration of the nation of Israel was actually brought together from one encounter. From two people fighting 20 men, a whole nation was reunified and they had victory over their enemy. The last thing that happened, which really stuck out to me, was that the enemy defeated themselves. It says that the Philistines were so shaken that they actually started attacking each other. And that just was amazed me. It's, it's like, how crazy do things have to be that you don't know that the person you're attacking is a friendly like, how insane do things have to be going on that you're like, that guy over there, he's clearly the enemy, even though he looks just like me, he's speaking the same language as me, I'm pretty sure we're next-door neighbors, but he's the enemy, so I should attack him. But the enemy actually were so confused and scared, they started attacking themselves. So from the one thing, the one testimony, four different groups of people were affected by that. And when I read that, it just blew my mind the power that a testimony can have. Because a testimony is actually a declaration of truth. When you give a testimony, when you give a testimony of what God has done in your life, you are declaring truth to people of who God is. You are showing people that this is who God is. So your testimony is important. We have the testimony wall up so that we can share our testimonies. Because your testimony, the testimony you have of what God has done in your life, is important. It can be the breakthrough that somebody else is waiting for. It can be the thing that somebody sees and say, "Wow, they had victory, I can have victory over what I have." Your testimony is about how God helped you, what he brought you through, what you've gone through. It's it's whether you've dealt with disappointments in people, disappointments in God. It's your healing, it's your sickness, it's health issues, financial issues, relationship issues. It's having wisdom in situations. It's getting a job that you're underqualified for. When you share stories like that to people, when you give your testimony, that builds people's faith to, to believe that they can receive that and that there's more for them and they don't have to live where they are anymore. When you give a testimony, what you're doing is you're actually giving witness to something. You're giving witness to God. You're showing people that this is who God is, that God did this for me. Why? Because he's faithful, because he's loving, because he's caring. What you're doing is you're giving witness to the very nature of God, to his character. That's what happens when you give a testimony. What you're doing is you're showing the people around you who God is. So your testimony is actually going to inspire and build people up. It builds faith. It shows them that there's more to life than what they have. And that shows them who God is. It shows them his character. It shows them what he did for me, he can actually do for you. So he was patient for me, he can be patient for you. He loved me, he can be loving to you. He provided for me, he'll provide for you. That's what your testimony can do. That's why we put up a testimony wall. So we could look and we can go there and we can read it and we can say, wow. God gave you something in your time of need. God can give me something in my time of need. God helped you out when you thought there was nowhere to go. He can help me out when there's nowhere to go. Yeah. Testimony reveals things, it reveals character and it reveals truth. Testimony will cut through the lies and through the half truths that you've been told, and it will get to the bottom of an issue, and it will show you that this is the truth. Don't believe the lies that you've been told. Don't believe the things that you've been told that, that tell you that this is all that there is, that there's no hope, that you can't go any further to get used to this. This is your life now. That's not truth. When you give a testimony, you're actually giving a testament to something. So another passage I was reading was uh, in Joshua, chapters three to five. And uh, leading up to this, this is the story of where Joshua actually leads the people now into the promised land. So Moses had led the Israelites out of Egypt across the Red Sea and they'd come to the promised land and he sent in 12 spies. They came back, 10 of the spies didn't want to go in. They were like, no, you don't understand. We can't take this land. The people are giants, We're grasshoppers. They were terrified. And they act- it says that they actually went out and they spread lies through the camp, convincing the people to not go with Moses into the promised land, that they couldn't conquer it. And what blew my mind was these were the same people who God had just pulled out of Egypt, had just crossed the Red Sea, and probably not, like they say, the the spies were gone for 40 days spying out the land. And I think they say it was a 40-day journey to the promised land from Egypt. So in 80 days, these people had forgotten all of what God had done for them, all of the miracles that God had done, and they were convinced by these spies that there was no way they could possibly take this land. This was the land that God had promised them, that God had told them about. (laughs) <laughs> but they were so deceived that they didn't believe that God could actually do this for them. And because of their unbelief, they didn't take possession of what God had promised them. So for 40 years, they wandered the desert until the only people left from the previous generation were Joshua, who, became, who was going to become their leader, and Caleb. They were the only two spies who had went into the land and given a good report. They were the only two from the previous generation who were allowed to enter in. So when they go to enter in, Joshua sends in spies. But he's learned a little bit more than Moses, from Moses. He's like, you know, what? I'm not going to send in ten or twelve. I'm going to send in two spies. Because two spies came back with good reports. So I'm going to send in two spies and they're going to have a good report. So he sends in these two spies. And they go to scout out Jericho. And they, they go and they hide with Rahab. She, she protects them. And while they're there, she's telling them, she's like, guys, you don't understand. We've heard about you. We've heard about the Israelites. We heard about what happened at the Red Sea, how you came out of Egypt. We heard about what happened at Shehan and Og. You don't understand. We've, we've heard the stories. We've heard the testimonies from people of what you've done. We are terrified of you. We are convinced that if we go to war, we will lose. The people of Jericho, through the testimony that they had heard secondhand of the Israelites, were convinced that there was no way for them to have victory. They were already defeated before Joshua even got there to walk around the walls. It says in chapter 5 that the kings of the land, the kings of the Amorites and the kings of the Canaanites, had heard about what happened. Their hearts melted and their spirits had left them. They'd heard the testimony of what God had done, and they believed that, wow, if God could do that for them, imagine what he's going to do when they come to us. Imagine what's going to happen when they come to take us. To fight us, if God will do all of that for them there. So these enemies, the people of the land, the people who didn't even believe in God, heard the testimonies and believed, wow, if God could do it there, he's gonna do it here, and he's gonna do it there, and he's gonna do it more and more and more. They believed in God more than the Israelites did sometimes. And what's what's amazing is that sometimes the enemy has more faith in the testimony of God than we do. We're like, well, I don't know, I just I'm not sure. And it's like, no, victory's already there. The enemy's been defeated. Amen. But we're just like, I just don't know. It's, that's pretty tough. It, could, it, could it happen? Could it really be? So that story of them taking possession of the land, that's, that's a testament to God's faithfulness for his people, that he will give them what he's promised them. It's a testament to his strength and to his might. The victory was had because of God, not because of what the Israelites did. When you look at uh, the stories of Jesus, you know, Jesus heals the lame man. That's a testament to God's love for his people. That's a testament to that God is our healer, that our healing comes from him, that he will provide for his children. When we look at the story of Jesus dying on the cross, you know, we we had communion today. When we celebrate that, when we remember that, when we keep that in, in our minds and we remember the testimony of him dying for us, what we're remembering is we're remembering that he made a way for us to become sons and daughters, to have a new life, to spend eternity with God in heaven instead of where we deserve to go, hell. We don't, we don't have to go there anymore. We get to go to heaven because he died on the cross for us, because he loves us. So your struggle, your pain, your suffering, your victory, that's a testament to God's love, to God's care, to God's provision, to his protection. God didn't give you your sickness, your pain, your illness, your crisis, your hurt, but he's going to use that for good. He will use what's happening in your life for good. He didn't cause it to happen. He didn't make it happen to you, but he's going to use what's happened to you for good. When, When we look at the Israelites, oftentimes, somehow, and just like when they came out of out of Egypt, and they were standing at the gates of the Promised Land, and they didn't go in because they forgot, and they took the and they believed the lies that were spread about the land instead of what God had said. We forget the testimony. Sometimes we forget what God has done in our lives, and God God tells told the children of Israel, and He, and he tells us we need to steward it, we need to keep it in front of us. We tell our children about the testimony. In Joshua four, they cross over the Jordan River before they go to take Jericho. And when they cross over, they send the ark through and the ark stands in the middle and the water dries up. And they're actually able to walk across this river on dry land. And it says, as they did that, Joshua had one man from every tribe take a stone. And when they got to the other side, they put the stone down and they had a tower of 12 stones. And they said, what this is for is this is so that we can tell, we will look back, our children will look back, all the future generations will look back, they'll see that and they will know what God has done for us. They will know that God... May, let us cross this river on dry land. This is so that we remember what God did for us, so that we don't forget. Because when you remember what God has done for you in the past, it enables you to walk in the future and in the present. It builds a strength and resilience in you that no matter what you are facing, you know that the God who I serve, the God I believe in, is bigger than whatever I'm facing. That no mountain... comes before me no giant that stands before me can can do anything because my god is bigger when you remember your testimonies when you remember what god has done when you keep focused on that you're not looking at the mountain that you're facing you're not looking at the giant you're looking beyond it you're looking to god you're looking to the victory Because your eyes are focused on the right thing. Your eyes aren't focused on your problem. Your eyes are focused on the solution. The testimony of what God has done is like blinders on a horse. When they put blinders on a horse, what it does is it it prevents the horse from from being able to look to the left or to the right. The only way the horse can look is straight ahead. It can only look wherever it's pointing. What that does is it causes it so that the horse doesn't wander. It keeps the horse on a path. So when you remember the testimonies of God, when you put them on like a blinder, it causes you not to be distracted by what's in front of you, but it causes you to focus on what's important, what's ahead of you. Focus on God. In August, Pastor Daniel was preaching, and he he made this statement. He said, tell your children the story of what God has done in your life. Why? So when they hit a wall, they will draw on the testimony of what God has done in your life. When they hit the immovable object, when they hit the thing that there is no way of them getting overcome or overcoming, when they face the giant, instead of being distracted by what's in front of them, they will draw on what you've told them. They will draw on the testimonies of God. They will draw on the truth of who God is. And they will keep going. They won't give up. They won't throw in the towel. They won't say, well, this is life now. This is all I have to look forward to. They'll press on, they'll advance. They'll move forward. In Psalm 78, David is writing, and he says, the Israelites forgot. They forgot what God had done for them. This whole chapter is is him saying how they forgot that God pulled them out of Egypt. They forgot that God let them cross the Red Sea. They forgot that God brought them into the promised land. They forgot they didn't steward the testimony. We have the testimony wall so that we can steward the, the testimony. So we have a place where we can put it, where we can put the testimony, where we can be accountable to steward the testimony and say, this is what God has done for me. Read it, get your faith built up in it, and move forward. Because what God has done for me, he can do for you. The people of Israel forgot the testimony, they got distracted, and they let their circumstances dictate what they could believe could happen, instead of letting God dictate what can happen. Your testimony will triumph over fear. Your testimony says that my God is bigger than whatever I'm facing. I don't have to be afraid of what I'm facing because I know who my God is. Your testimony is to remember what God has done for you. Your testimony is to build faith. Your testimony is to strengthen people around you. Your testimony is to move you into the promised land to get you from where you are to where you're supposed to be. Your testimony is your eyes focused on God because your testimony emboldens you to believe for the impossible. It builds a strength and resilience in you so that no matter what you're facing, no matter what situation you're in, you know where to look. You know what has been said over you and you say, you know what? I'm going to live in what God has said. I'm going to live in the testimony of God. I'm going to live in what I believe he can do because I know who God is because I have seen what he has done. I've seen what he did for my parents. I've seen what he did for my grandparents. I've seen what he did for my friends. I know who he is. That is where I stand. I don't stand in what the people are telling me, what the doctors have said, what my friends tell me. That's not where I live. Your testimony connects you with the others, with with the people around you, with others. It actually helps build community. It gives you a place where you can connect and talk and helps build relationships with the others around you. Your testimony actually raises you above your past. It brings you out of your past into your future. and Your testimony actually realizes hope in people. We see throughout the Gospels in the New Testament that people would come to Jesus and there would be be giant crowds around him. Why? Why? Why would they come to him? You know, they didn't have social media. They didn't have TV videos where they would see, oh, this is a sermon that he did. They heard the testimony from other people about what Jesus had done. They'd heard the stories from the other towns of what Jesus did when he came there. And they heard it and they said, wow, if he could heal that person, if he can help the blind person over there, maybe he can help me. So their faith was built up because they heard the stories of what Jesus had done that they came to see him because they said, if he can do it for them, he could do it for me. If he can heal that person he could heal me the woman um, the woman who had the, the blood hemorrhage she for 12 years she had that it says for 12 years she suffered with this she went to the doctors she spent her money and it says that it actually got worse for twelve years this was her life there was n- there was nothing that could be done for her it says in mark 527 that After hearing about Jesus, after hearing, not after seeing, not after talking to Jesus, but after hearing about Jesus, she came to the realization that if I could touch the hem of his garment, I could be healed. From the testimonies that she had heard, her faith was built up that it erased the 12 years of pain and suffering that she had, and she said, there is a way out for me, This isn't my life anymore. I can be healed because Jesus heals. That is the power of your testimony. Your testimony can erase the 12 years of suffering that somebody has had. Your testimony can be the breakthrough that somebody else is waiting for to go to the next area, to get past where they are. Your your testimony can be the catalyst To push somebody further and further. When they read the testimony, it's not anything of you. It's not going to point towards you, but it points towards God. When they read it, they don't say, wow, look at that person. They say, wow, look at God. Look at what God can do. Look at what God has done. Look at what can happen to me. So the testimony, wall. this is our physical representation for us of testimonies. This is a place where people can go to declare what God has done in their lives but for people to actually go and be, have their faith built up to read what has happened and say, wow, this is amazing. I believe that this can happen in my life. I believe that God can help me in this area. I believe that God can help me in my financial issues because he helped them. I believe that God can help me in my health issues because he helped them. I believe that God can help me in my relationship issues because he's restored it for somebody else. When you put your testimony on the wall, you're giving witness to who God is. And you're telling people that this is who God is. This is the truth of who he is. It's not what other people have told you. It's not what the media says. It's not what your friends have told you that God is. This is who God is. He's caring. He's loving. Your testimony is important. Your testimony will impact the lives of the people around you your testimony will break down the walls for somebody else. Your testimony will cause defeat in the enemy before you even walk in victory. Before you even see the victory, your testimony will already have defeated the enemy. So Pastor Renona is going to come up here and we're going to dedicate the testimony wall. We're going to pray over it. We're going to dedicate it because this is a place for people to learn who God is for their faith to be built up and for them to believe for the impossible for their faith to be stretched to the point where they say this is only possible if God steps in I can't do it on my own the only way this can happen is if God intervenes on my behalf
1: Amen. Good word. Amen. Olivia, if you want to come. him everything he knows. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I thought his grandfather was going to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and his uncle would be right in there, hey? I didn't have text all the You did <laughs> You did <laughs> <sighs> This morning, uh, Olivia, Olivia, um. Yeah, ushers, you can go ahead and hand out a testimony card. I think we'll hand out one to every person. We'll, do, we'll go that way. Um, when Olivia was uh, sharing this morning, she said, something is birthing this morning. It's the next. And that twigged with me. And um, the Lord gave me some decrees during worship regarding that, And I want to decree them over this house. We decree and proclaim that this house, solid rock, this house is a house of heaven on earth. It is a house of the miraculous. It is a house of signs and wonders. It is a house of the fullness of the work of the cross. It is a house of deliverance. It is a house of wholeness. It is a house of, if God said it, he will do it. If God said it, it's for me. And no man has the authority to tell me differently. Amen? The testimonies of the Lord are going to flood and reign in this house. This house is going to be known for its testimonies. And they won't be just this here, they are going to go, like Justin preached, to other communities. And the testimonies of this house are going to defeat the enemy in other communities, other cities. In our city, the testimonies of this house are going to reach out to other communities, giving hope to people. The song that Olivia playing, and I don't know if you've heard it, uh, Brian and Katie torwalt it's one of their new ones, and it's called Remember. And I have literally had this song on repeat in my house. Many, many days over the last eight weeks, six weeks, I don't know. And I just want re- to read how quickly we forget God who lives in every day. How easy to lose sight that you reside in the mundane. How quickly we forget the power that's running through our veins. The power, the kind of power that empties graves. And oh my soul, remember who you're talking to. I love that. I went up to Pastor David and I'm like, I love that. Remember, soul, who you're talking to. Better phrase would be, remember, soul, who you are whining to. Who you are complaining to. The only one who death bows to. That's the God who walks with you. And oh my soul. know that if he did it then he will do it again his power can still raise the dead don't tell me he's finished yet so when you go out this week and that little voice starts you say remember soul who you are talking to you are talking to the living god you are talking to the mighty and powerful one. You are talking to the faithful one. You are talking to the one whose word never, ever, ever, ever returns void. That's who you're talking to. So smarten up your language. Get in line with him. And start decreeing what he sees. Amen? So the testimony wall, Kathy, we've asked Kathy, to curate it. So if you have any questions, you can see her, and she's going to take care of the wall, and she may remove some things, or she may come and talk to you. Just a couple things that we would ask of you. One, put your name on it. Put the date on it. And you may say, well, I don't remember the exact date, as my son can't remember the exact date. (laughs) It's okay. Say, you know, summer 2015. That's good enough. Put a date on it. Put your name on it. And be clear and concise in your testimony. Print legibly so that others can be blessed. Why do you need my name? Why do you need a date? Because you know what? We should be able to document the testimonies of God. We should be able to stand behind the testimonies of God. And just as they are documented in the Bible, on this day, at this location, with this person, this is what has happened. We should be able to say, no, in this house, so-and-so experienced this miracle on this day. And if God did it for them, he can do it for you. In fact, you know what? You should go see them. Ask them to share their testimony with you and ask them to lay hands on you, and pray for you, and come into agreement for victory in your life. So, as you put your testimony on that wall, that's what we're looking towards. We're not just looking to it as a testament of what God has done in our lives and a testament of of, of, of victory which it is that, but we are looking at it from the other side of those who come into this house who need that victory. Amen? So I would like to lay hands on the wall. Okay?
2: Um, Just like the children of Israel had their families come and they took a rock, And that rock was a memorial. You don't come and worship the rock, but you worship the God who created what happened. I think it's very important and it's symbolic. And you might think it's different, but I'd like to go back there as a family. We're family. And let's lay our hands on that wall. And what we're going to ask God for is... He's done it before. He'll do it again. And that lives will be changed and lives will be transformed and miracles will happen. So if you could take a moment and just as as a way of closing, let's just go to the back. I'll just stay up here and, and if everybody could go to the back, lay your hands on the wall. We are acting in faith We are stepping out in faith and we are standing in agreement with what God does and what God has done. If you can't quite get to the wall, put your hand on the shoulder of the person in front of you. And I'll say a prayer, and, and I'd love for you to join me in it. It's going to be very simple. So if you, could, if you could repeat after me, Father, we dedicate this wall as a statement of faith. And we believe that lives will be touched, not just from the testimonies that put on the wall, But those that read them and say, Do it for me. Thank you, Jesus, for the testimonies, for the lives, for impact, and for change. In your name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Take a look at that wall and believe for God's miracles.